Hey, welcome everybody. It's Luke with LukeHomeFreeRunning.com and uh, I want to talk a little bit today about the off-season and what that actually means, right? So, because um, it seems like we don't really have an off-season, do we? Um, so let's just let's just jump into it and uh, and discuss a little bit what I'm what I'm thinking here. So um, I'm reading off of my off of my blog post that I'm going to share as long share as well with all of this. Um, but I remember, do you remember in high school? So, um, so I'm 41. I was in high school in the late mid to late 90s. You guys remember those no those no fear shirts like second place is the first like Ricky Bobby or something like that you know there's all kinds of them right and so uh yeah everybody everybody had them they had those the t-shirts with the motivational quotes and you know they had something like yeah um whatever but uh so my favorite was always like runners have no off season or whatever or they'd put something silly like you know your sports punishment is my my sport or so you know like whatever making fun of other sports but in any case um yeah, it's so tough, right? Like, oh, we're so we're such badasses. <laughs> so, but looking at it now uh, and see what goes on now, I, you know, the, pro- the 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 runners have no off season. That would probably not be my first choice for a motivational shirt, uh, just because uh, everybody needs an off season, right? So, um, you know, when I was so when I going back to high school, like you basically you had a few weeks in the summer where high school coaches couldn't really talk to the kids or nothing and then and then you'd start getting together for runs like once a week and then first part of August you could actually meet up and start doing practices and stuff but basically from mid August you'd run through cross country which would go through first part of November in Michigan and then some kids would go on to you know foot locker which isn't even a thing anymore I don't think and then uh, um go from there and so you could i mean you could really race until like towards end of december and then i went to a very small rural high school and indoor track wasn't a thing until maybe my senior year of high school and then um they had these all the all the local all the colleges would host indoor meets right so it'd be big fundraisers for the university and then kids got to run indoors and then they'd have like a a faux state championship you know, in, gosh, late February. So then you'd go into track, right? So you'd basically go from mid-August through late fall into into cross country, and then you jump right into indoor, and then you jump right into outdoor season. And then if you, so if you qualified for state finals, you'd go to the first part of June. And then if you were one of these kids, you go to like, you know, Nike Outdoor. Now, you, know, you could literally train all year long. You'd have no off season. And then the same type of setup, in, in, in college too. And so, um, it's just such an easy way to burn, burn kids out. And then, then now you see like in professional athletes, like, so, you know, this year's a good year because it was a world championship. So they would train up through world championships. And then I think there was a few more meets in the European track seasons where all the professionals go. And then you won't see, really see much of these guys, these track athletes until from say, uh, late August, I think maybe it end, the European season ended to, you probably won't see anything from these guys until first part of 2023, uh, where indoor season k- kicks off. Um, so you'll have a good few months where you won't even see these, see these people that were track athletes, you know, but, um, you know, and, and when I first started coaching back in 2006, we didn't really even have year round races, right? So, 
we, yeah, Houston, Houston was around, um, Cal was around, um, the Rock and Roll Phoenix in February was around, but they weren't big races. They weren't the levels they are now. And so you would basically have people train through the summer for a fall marathon. And then say from like, say New York would be like the latest people somebody would run. So New York that first weekend in November, you know, they'd be off November, December, January, and then start training for a spring marathon. So, or maybe in first part of January, if you're training for Boston, but you'd basically have that set of time where there really wasn't much going on and people would naturally kind of take a downtime and then, um, then they, you know, say they ran an April marathon and then May and June, you know, might be whatever for some people. And then they'd start training for in June for a fall marathon, June or July for a fall marathon. Right. And so, um, but now you're seeing, you know, you're seeing, you know, Houston's bigger than ever. There's all sorts of races in December, you know, going on beyond Cal. Um, you know, you go to the southern part of the U.S. And, you know, honestly, it's, it, it makes sense because it's a, it's a great climate in the winter. And you can avoid the training in the summer. And then you can, if you go in December, first part of January, for the most part, even up here in Michigan, like that's pretty manageable, right? It's not until you get to late January and then that sucks. February sucks. And then first week of March usually is terrible. And then it starts starts switching back over to spring. So it makes sense. But now you're seeing people basically run, you know, early fall marathons and then going into like a, a, like maybe you do a Houston and then into a spring marathon. And then you're seeing and then you're seeing like grandma's is gaining popularity, which is in June. And then here in Michigan, we have um, which Traverse Cities is towards the end of May, which is starting to get late in the spring. And then the Charlevoix Marathon, which is a very popular marathon here in Michigan, that's in June as well. But it's in northern Michigan, so you're going to get a little. It's a it's a little bit cooler. It's off the lake. It's it's all cooler weather up there. But you're you're just pushing those seasons later and later. And now they're starting to blend together, and people aren't really necessarily taking a dedicated downtime. And I'm talking like I'm not talking about the two weeks you take off after the marathon. I'm talking about you know two, three months where you're not necessarily, we're not necessarily doing anything as far as structured training. Right. And so I, I don't know if it's people, um, chasing times or whatever, but I just feel like it's just never, there's never like any down time. That's, that's a significant amount of time. It's usually two weeks off and then four weeks getting right back into marathon training or half marathon training or something like that. But there's never, uh, there's never that just dedicated period. So I want to talk, a little, I want to talk about that um, today. And so for the first, first off, I want to say, what, what does that, what does that actually mean? And kind of hinted at it. But when you look at, you know, major sports like football, baseball, basketball, golf, and hockey, anything really, it's a block of time where just they just seemingly disappear. Like you don't, like you know, Tigers, my beloved Tigers, God bless them. They were actually done in June, <laughs> in June based on their playing. But yeah, you know, they just finished a season yesterday, I think, and. You know, now they're gone. Some of the younger players will go to these, you know, these different leagues and stuff and, and work on some stuff. But, you know, for the most part, they're, they're disappear until, you know, February, March. And then they'll go to spring training for a couple weeks. And then, you know, and, you know, it's not that they're not doing anything, but they're not doing anything that's visible. Right. You know, they're, they're usually working on weaknesses or they're getting rehab for injuries they had during the season or surgery or you know just whatever they're implementing new strength stuff or you know whatever the case is they're working on skills that type of thing but they're not training for 
baseball games or football games or anything like that, right? And so, you know, like actually my daughter's school, uh, we had a uh, Detroit Lions, his, his kids went to her school. And so we'd always have dad duty. We'd both be picking up our kids in the afternoon. And, and uh, so I was talking to him and uh, Nick Williams is his name. And um, he's like, Nick, what do you do? And, you know, he's like, you know, after football season, he was, you know, I, I mean, it's hard during football season. It's the, he's usually, they travel a ton. But after football season, he was basically there every day. And like, what do you do? And then he's like, well, I'll just kind of take a few weeks off just to recover completely. You know, you get the crap beat out of you for 17 weeks and then, <clears throat> and you're tired, right? And so he did that. And then he would just go back to Alabama and work with a strength and conditioning coach and stuff and just get ready, work on, you know, that's all he would do is work on technique and skills, getting stronger and things like that, right? So, um, you know, it's pretty interesting. So he'd go for, he'd they'd go down there like Christmas time and then come back and then, you know, basically, you know, his contract ended. So he didn't, you know, he didn't go back to training camp. But, um, yeah, so it was just like, it was just interesting to see. It was like, it's not like he just took three months off and he was, he was, you know, a few weeks off just to get recovered and then working on skills and things like that the rest of the time with, with uh, his specific coaches uh, back home. But for me running off season for running, you know, some people might call it a base running program, but um, you know, it could be different from base too. It could just be, you know, it could just be truly an off season. Uh, but it's, it's, to me, it's at least several weeks where you're working on specific training for weakness or implementing nutrition or something like that. But you're implementing something that you know you need to work on and get better at. So, or, or it is just a generally unstructured time where you're running and recovering and just kind of having fun with running. I think there's, there's two different ways to look at it. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a dedicated block of either something very, very specific that's a weakness or something that's very general and rest and recovery type of thing, but it's a big block of time. Um, and that's what, like I mentioned before, I don't really see much of anything that resembles a true off season for, you know, really adult marathoners, right. That I, that I work with quite a bit. It's usually just going from one thing, getting ready for another and then getting ready for another and we'll break up the seasons, but it's still never just dedicated time off or something like that. And I think ultimately that sets a lot of people back. Like, and, and as a coach, it's hard. And I, and I honestly, something I probably need to put my foot down more with is just really dictating that to people like, okay, well, your nutrition was terrible. We need to take two months and just work on your nutrition, right? And get that to be a a point that's no longer a weakness for you or something like that, whatever. But a lot of times you find yourself compromising and saying, well, okay, well, if you do this, I'll do that. Like I'm talking to my, you know, my 10 year old, I'm, you know, go play your saxophone for 15 minutes and I'll give you a cookie or whatever, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? Um, so, but I think you have to, like, as a coach, I think we definitely have to just say, Hey, listen, like if you truly, truly want to get better, this is what you, you really should be doing and explain why. Because a lot of times I think what people think is that if I take a dedicated amount of time off, and I'm using off air quotes, you know, not really off, but not training specifically for something, that I'm going to lose a ton of fitness. And that's just not the case. I mean, if you look at all the detraining studies out there, like and if this is people taking 100% of the time off, not doing anything for six months, they can get back into what the same type of fitness that they were in within a few months, right? So if you're doing, you know, half of what you were doing 
that fitness is going to stay pretty much level. And you might, instead of being at 100% of your fitness level, you might be at 90% of your fitness level. And then you start training and you're back up to 100% in no time at all, right? And so you have to, you have to be willing to recognize that. But if you go, 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 go all the time, and you know this, like you do this at work. If you push, push, push at work, what happens? You get burnout, you get tired, you get sick, you get cranky, nobody wants to be around you, all this stuff. But, but the biggest thing is you plateau, right? Like you plateau in your work performance, you plateau in physical performance, all of those things. But if you just take a step back and you think about like, well, when we talk about, um, you know, you do a workout, what's going to help you gain the benefits of that workout? Well, it's the recovery after that workout, right? So it's the same thing as a, with a hard segment. What's going to help you really truly reap the benefits of that uh, training segment? Well, it's taking a step back for a little bit and and, uh, and uh, allowing that all to kind of soak in and you can gain those benefits from it, right? So it's, it is kind of that thing. It's, you know, it seems counterproductive to a lot of people, but it truly is. It's like it's that rest that's going to allow the work to actually soak in and, and take, take effect. Um, all right, so I've actually gone way off script on here, so let's see where I'm at here. Uh, all right, so uh, speak, uh, let's let's go back to where we're talking. So remember, I said there was I saw an off. I oh, sorry, I didn't say this in here, but it's in my in my notes. I saw an off season being either really focused training or generally lax training. So I want to go back to that. So I did mention that. Since I am doing this in the fall, let's start with a with a fall marathon, right? So with training hard all summer, you hold you held it together. Um, you raced, but your kids are back in school. You went through all that good stuff. You know, I know how that is settling back into that school routine, taking your kids to sports practice, picking them up, blah, 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 all that stuff that's going on, right? Throw in a marathon. You're ready for a break, right? Mentally, like you can just see it in our Facebook groups, right? Where people are just done, right? They're like, I made it to the taper. Honestly, I don't care what happens in the marathon because I made it to the taper, right? And then you throw in the race and it's a whole new ball game, right? So it's like, they're just done. And so, and I see that, and I've, and I've definitely been there myself, right? Like we, we've gotten through the training and that was really kind of the victory, right? Um, for most of our, so, but for most of my audience after an October marathon, it's time for an extended break, right? Not only for the things we've already talked about, but also because they go from downtime to the big holiday season with Thanksgiving and the Christmas season, Hanukkah, all that good stuff, right? You have all that all that holiday stuff coming up, and there's a lot going on. Family, get-togethers, parties, you know, company parties, all that stuff, right? And so we've got to. It's hard to keep that balance, right? And and honestly, if you're already super tired from the training, and you just jump back into that, and then try to balance all of that other stuff that's going to be happening, it usually ends up being too much. So. To me, it's a perfect time to just take a break from any really structured training. Um, you can recover. You go for runs. You know, if you were training six days a week, you back it down to four days a week, and you go 30 to 60 minutes. Uh, maybe a long run, maybe a workout. You know, you can maintain a very high level of fitness, right? And so, so specifically, I have maybe a long run every two weeks, uh, maybe one workout during the week maintain roughly 65 to 70 percent of your peak volume so if you're at 60 and you go down to 45 with most of it being easy runs enjoyable runs you know there's nothing there's you don't even have to wear a watch if you don't want to wear a watch right you can just go for a run um, do the loops and all that good stuff but uh, i just think it just does so much for mental 
uh, health and recovery from that is just you've you've emotionally and mentally you're pretty much drained after a marathon, right? And so now is the perfect time to take take the time and just recharge those batteries because it, ultimately it's you still have the school stuff if you've got kids, you've still got all that you know all that stuff going on that's in this fall toward the end of the year. Um, it's just a good time to just. Make sure that running is a stress reliever, not another additional source of stress. And that's what I always tell my athletes. And then physically, you recovered, but you're still, you're still maintaining a very high level of fitness, right? And so you're not going to lose that much. And in, in reality, is you might actually be able to make another step forward once you do start training because what was hard before is going to be a lot easier than the next time around. So, so let's put this into practice. So let's say you ran... A mid-October marathon, you take two weeks off of recovery. You take another two weeks gradually building your volume, say 50% of where you were at peak. So if you peaked at 60 miles, you'd be at, you'd be at 30 miles a week after two weeks of running. Um, from there, you'd start a, maybe, maybe you start a six-week base plan that would be 40 miles a week. That would, A, put you at about 65% of that peak volume if you were at 60 miles a week, um, and put you at the end of December with no real commitments to running. If you want to jump into a turkey trot, a jingle bell run, whatever you want to do, be silly with your running crew, that's the perfect time to do it. Just have fun with it. Make sure it's just fun, right? And then you can get into the new year without being overcommitted to running. Um, you know, the parties and the get-togethers, that's the, as busy as you want to make it. And hopefully, hopefully you're ready to get back out there, right? Like if you're not really excited to be training and you just jump right into it, that's another thing. Like you just, it's not going to end, end well. If you take that time, you get that itch back to run another marathon and really train for a marathon. You kind of forget about the pain of the marathon you just did, right? And then you're able, and then it's just you're a lot more motivated, and so that'll help out big time in the spring. Um, I just find when we try to push too hard to this time frame, we lose interest later on. If we start a segment already depleted and mentally and a little bit physically, then it's hard to stay motivated for, motivated for another four to five months. And, and in terms of progression, it's like. It's like with doing the workouts. Like I said, it's not the it's not necessarily the workout that makes you fit. It's the recovery where the adaptations take place. So taking that recovery after a hard segment is where those adaptations can fully take hold. So um, if you want base plans, um, access to all the plans, I've got links in the in the blog or show notes. So we'll go ahead and take a look at those. The second scenario is where we really want to focus on something that's a weakness or even non-existent in our training. Big area for a lot of the athletes I work with is overall speed. And in the winter, it doesn't really make sense for people who are dealing with cold, snow, and wind for a few months, right? Like it's just not probably the best time to work on our overall speed. Um, but if they ran a spring marathon, the idea of starting a marathon and training again in June is not really a big motivator either, really. Um, so a good time to reduce volume, increase intensity is after a spring marathon where they can do some fast stuff during the summer where it's not going to be as hard of them as doing, you know, six, eight mile tempo runs all through June and July. Um, do that segment. And we talked about a lot, this a lot in the spring, right? Where do a dedicated six to 10, 12 week segment of just, you know, maybe like 5k training, get your 5k PR down, something like that. Right. Um, but you focus on a weakness where if we're just doing marathon, 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 you know, let's face it. Like the idea with this is to work on true overall speed. And with the marathon, we're not really working on speed. We're just working on speed that's fast relative to the marathon, right? We're trying to make that marathon pace feel a little bit more comfortable. Where this is a dedicated time to really work on that overall speed, get 5K PRs down, all that good stuff.
and if you've if you've done just marathon segment, marathon segment, marathon segment, I would really recommend doing something like this, working on something totally different, right? Like, you know, because a lot of times, or even a half marathon segment, even like in the winter, maybe you could do that as a half marathon segment. It's a little bit easier, but it really depends. It's something I would discuss with a with a coach. But if you've done a few marathons, you've plateaued out, and you really haven't improved after, say, you know, the second or third marathon, this is something that I would probably look at, right? That would be the first thing I would look at. And so what you'll find a lot of times is people are trying to make a big jump in the marathon, but they're, you know, 5K, 10K, half marathon. None of those times line up with where they want to run their new marathon time at. So if we can get those closer to where they should be in terms of, you know, having a fighting chance of getting to the, um, the new time, then it just makes it so much easier. It's not so intimidating when you're doing it. And it just, you know, it's, if you're, if you're looking to run, say, a, a four-hour marathon and your half marathon PR is 205, it's a little daunting, right? Because now you've got to run two half marathons faster than you ever run, you back-to-back faster than you've ever run one, right? And so if we can get that down to, you know, 350, now all of a sudden you're like, okay, I can come through in four, four hours and or two hours that I can do that again, right? And so it just makes things so, so much easier. It just works on things that we know we need to do. But a lot of times, let's face it, we get older and we just don't want to do it, right? We, we're like, I'm an adult. I can make that decision. And my decision is not to work on that. And so I'm just going to do with what I like doing. But if performance is uh, really what you're after, this is something that, something that I would look at. And then again, here, 60 to 70% of your peak volume is just fine for speed setting. So if you, again, if you run 60 miles a week for the marathon, you run 40 for the, you want to train 40 for a 5K, you can get a lot done 40 miles a week in a speed segment. You know, your, your workouts aren't as long, your long runs aren't going to be as long. So that automatically pulls your uh, peak mileage down. So you can definitely, definitely run very, very well off less mileage for a shorter distance. Um, and then you may also want to consider something that doesn't involve your training. And this might be something like strength training or nutrition. Maybe that's holding you back. Maybe it's holding you back with some habits. Um, so take time in the down period to, to really make, make an effort to establish those new habits. You know, it's going to take six to eight weeks to establish, establish those habits, right? So whether it's maybe it's just eating breakfast or drinking, you know, 100 ounces of water a day, whatever it is, it's just going to take time to instill as a habit. And so you need to make sure that you have that time. You're not adding a bunch of other stuff onto that as well. And then it just makes it harder to, to actually make it a habit. Um, so it might be, it's probably a combination. For a lot of people, it's just a combination of stuff. It's just, it's a combination of uh, base training and a skill development, and then something like strength or nutrition. Honestly, I'd pick one or the other. So I don't, I just don't like overloading a person with too many things. I'm definitely keep it simple type of person and and I think I just find that the harder you make it or the more complicated you make it a lot it's a lot less likely to actually be adhered to so you want to just keep everything simple add one thing at a time and then once you feel comfortable with that then you add another thing and on and on right Um, and just recognize that these are both going to be there's going to be long-term projects but the best time to start is when you're in off season when everything else is at a lower level and you can dedicate more time to establishing those new habits and those new routines and things like that. Um, and lastly, I you know I didn't touch on, I haven't really touched on this because I'm still working on my own thoughts with this with uh, with form. We do have our partners with Athletics Kinetics, 
Um, and so they they can do remor remote remorse. <laughs> you'll have remorse. Uh, remote gate training or gate uh, analysis, and then give you some programs based on that. Um, but I would like to maybe start doing my own things with that as well. But um, and we can get into whether you know form is cueing or strength or habit, whatever the case. It's probably not a it's probably a combination of those things. But um, you know strength. So strength training will probably help with form, but. If you're chronically injured or you just get to a point where your form is actually holding you back, then it's something that you might need to, to look at. But um, maybe that's something that you want to investigate, right? And during an off season would be perfect timing for that. But the bottom line is that if we push the envelope nonstop, we plateau out, right? And we never work on skills, we never recover, and we never just, even just take a, a mental break from hard work because um, training is hard work and, and we make a lot of sacrifices to train for marathons and things like that and our families take make a lot of sacrifices for those things as well and so it, it, honestly it's just in everybody's best interest right you, you take a break and if that break is over the holiday period um, it's probably a good thing too right but in, in all seriousness you just if we don't ever take that kind of down period of time I, we I, I feel like we just plateau out way sooner and you'll see, like you'll see people that have a lot of success over the first two or three years of, of training, and that's all they do is train. But you see those people level off, and then they get frustrated, and they spend another two or three years wondering why they're not getting faster, and maybe they bounce around from coach to coach or system to system. And the truth is, they probably just need a break, or they need to work on something that they're not very good at because they've taken where they're currently at about as far as they can go. Um, and if they just keep pushing the envelope, it's going to end up being a lot harder to to have more breakthroughs I, I, I truly truly believe that um, and, it, and ultimately too I feel like as somebody who's trained very hard for a very long time I feel like you just you get to these patches where you you don't like running you burn out you're disappointed you're hurt more often you're sick more often and so you know to me I, I've always thought you know when, when I was professional I was, I was like well when it becomes a job I won't do it as professional anymore. And I still love it. I just got old. Um, but, uh, and I still like training hard and I still enjoy it. But there's definitely times where, like when I was chasing after trials qualifier for 20, 2020, it just got so old, right? Because it was literally, I kept chasing the time. So it was literally just running marathon after marathon after marathon after marathon. And I should have just taken my own advice in this. And if I would have stepped back and remember, I'd be like, two or three less marathons that I did and focused on some other things or actually just rested, I probably could have had a pretty decent breakthrough, right? And, and um, it could have, could have maybe went a little bit different. So, um, but there was, you know, there was a two year period where it was just like, that's all I was thinking about. And then afterwards when I, when I did qualify, it was actually kind of a relief because I was like, okay, now I can actually rest, right? Um, and so, yeah, I, I just think that uh, you really set yourself up long-term in a much better position when, you can convince yourself to do that off season, really take an objective look at what you need in your training and then work on those things too. So I definitely think that uh, you can benefit that. So I know we're in that kind of that time of, we don't really have an off season. There's always something to train for, but I think it's really something that you should consider. And then, uh, yeah, if there's anything else you want to discuss, feel free to comment or uh, post in the Facebook group or add, LHR community, uh, we'd definitely be able to uh, further, further, further the discussion. But 
Um, so that's it for now. And uh, those racing Chicago this weekend, I'm making this. Good luck. And uh, hopefully you see a lot more great performances this fall. So, all right, I will talk to you later.